on today's podcast, Tape 28, selected songs by Wimple Winch and Keith West. Trust the Wizards present Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s. Before going on tour with his band, Guided by Voices, in 2001, Robert Pollard recorded his favourite records onto 62 double-sided cassettes. Music from 1966 to 1971, from the best-known bands of the era to obscure, unheard-of psychedelic curios. The Wizards are on a mission to listen to and explore every groove. Kicker and Chorizo invite you to turn off your mind, relax and float downstream as you listen to Robert Pollard's guide to the late 60s. This uh, is quite a, a different type of tape from Robert Pollard to the ones we've looked at before. As you said in the intro there, uh, it's selected tracks and the reason for that is that rather than naming a particular album on uh, his list, tape 28 just says Wimple Winch and... Keith West. So what we've decided to do is have a look at a couple of compilations that have put together all the tracks, more or less, uh, by each of those particular band or band names or variants on those band names. Uh, and that's what we're going to look at. So the uh, the Wimple Winch uh, tracks, and there are seven that we're, we're considering, basically make up the band's first three singles. Uh, it came out sort of 67, 68. Um, and there's there's obviously an A-side and a B-side. And then there's an extra track because their third single had a misprint, had the wrong song as the B-side initially. So then that was re-issued. Um, so there are seven tracks to look at. Um, so we're going to talk about them first. It's a band that basically came out of Mersey Beat. Uh, the band comes from Heighton in Merseyside, Liverpool, uh, famous, of course, being very slippy underfoot, Heighton, uh, as you'll know. Um, and the uh, the band initially were the Silhouettes, and they sounded a bit like the Beatles. Um, and then they became the four Just Men, and then Just Four Men, before finally becoming Wimple Winch in January 1966, at which point they kind of moved away from um, Mersey Beat, and, uh, well they were described as being freak beat. Um, and they were described as, as such on um, a compilation that came out, whew, I think it's in, in the mid-80s, I think, uh, which was on the Bam Caruso label, um, which is the same label this, this compilation is on. And the, the compilation was called Psychedelic Snarl, uh, which is where I first heard them on that album. Um, and actually it's got a load of, tracks that we're going to come to later on because there are further future tapes where um, albums aren't mentioned but bands are. So we'll, we'll talk about the Craig and the Hush and, and all those well-known 60s garage bands that uh, that are on this, this compilation. Anyway, the band itself then, so Wimple Winch is D. Christophilus on vo- vocals and guitar, Larry King, not that one presumably, on drums, uh, and Barry Ashell on bass. And um, they they moved from Merseyside to Stockport um, in this sort of period, around 66, 67, uh, because their manager owned a bar, a coffee bar there, which was off Mersey Square, which we'll come to later. Um, and they became the, the resident band 
uh, at this this coffee house and and you know became pretty well known and, and well liked locally and then they released these these three singles that we, we're going to look at um and the first single was kind of the safe one the one that was that was more or less still like mersey beat um but then the next two were definitely a move away from that so that's that's what we're going to look at um so i i think perhaps if we take the singles in order and see what, what we made them. So the, the first single was What's Been Done Backed With I Really Love You. Um, what do you make of that? So that was the, that was the one you were saying was more Mersey beat? Yeah, that's the yeah. safest one. Yeah, I, I, can hear what, I can hear what you mean, really, yeah. It does sound quite Beatlesy. It sounds a bit like sort of Help Hard Day's Night era kind of Beatles, and uh, I like the call and response kind of lead vocals and the, and the backing vocals responding to it, which reminded me of You Can't Do That. Yeah, it's, it's it's like the Beatles when they're playing R and B, isn't it? In the mid sixties, yeah. and, it, and it's and it's absolutely fine. I mean, it's it's a, it's a decent sound. What's been done, I think, is probably the, my favourite of those two. Uh, I like the the guitar sound on that particularly. It's a little bit noisier. Yeah, maybe. bass line's good. Uh, it reminds me when we did the Small Faces album, uh, the Ogden's Not Gone Flake thing, and I was saying how I preferred the Small Faces when they were a mod group before they went to psychedelic. Yeah, uh, and it, it does because the vocalist is really going for it. He's he's, yeah. he's a good vocalist. It reminds me a bit of that sort of mid sixties um, small faces sound, which is very good. Um, yeah, uh, the drums are a bit kind of uh, Keith Mooney. Uh, lots of great drum fills. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, what's been done, it, I prefer um, to "I Really Love You," but I also really like "I Really Love You," which. Um, the verse, the, the verse uh, riff is a bit reminiscent of the Louis Louis or Wild Thing. Quite a lot of these songs, it, it reminds me a bit of them, you know, the, the Van Morrison's band, who, who, who are very much like the Stones. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they're both good good pop R&B songs, played quite aggressively, and, uh, you know, the band are giving it some. So I'm definitely more at the small faces of them, animals end of the beat group scale but, rather than but that the, sound that sound really doesn't doesn't last does it i mean by the by the time the second single comes out they sound totally different yeah a bit a bit different yeah yeah but, but i'm I def- i'm definitely more of a fan of that kind of more gritty end of the beat group uh, spectrum rather than the sort of more wholesome sweeter sounds of i don't know the hollies or jerry and the pacemakers or yeah. whoever can i just uh, mention one thing you said in your introduction yeah. that they moved away from merseyside and we went to Stockport. Yeah. But I'd just like yeah. to point out for anyone pedantic listeners that Stockport is is on the River Mersey. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So was... And and in fact in fact the shopping centre in, in Stockport is the is the Mersey Centre, is it? Don't know. Mersey is the Mersey sub- maybe. Subject of a of a famous uh, football trivia question, isn't it? Which football ground is the closest to the River Mersey? Oh. And everyone thinks it's either Liverpool, Everton, or Tranmere, but it's actually Stockport. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, that fact-checking, Cos yes. information. Yeah. Um, so, so then, well, let's move on to the second single, which is which was "Save My Soul," backed with "Everybody's Worked." Uh, everybody's worried about tomorrow. We're worried about tomorrow. So yes. Yeah. Tomorrow. Now, uh, "Save My Soul." Uh, was uh, one of the tracks on this compilation, so it was one that I knew before getting this this. Um, the Boomper Winch compilation. It was on the the psychedelic snarl, uh, and I really like it. I, I think the the riff is great. I think the the drumming is particularly good on that. Um, the vocals is got you got your proper screaming manic vocals. Um, I like the line "Get out of my way, you." Yes, That's good. 
Um, and this, this I think, really is freak beat. Um, and I think it's a for me, it's a it's a huge step up from the from the first two songs. Yeah, uh, and uh, I agree. It's, uh, this is probably my favourite of all the songs. Uh, this one or, or one we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and uh, the little guitar break, the doom digga 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 doom digga digga, that that yeah. really yeah. Uh, that comes after the chorus. That's really brilliant and uh, really makes it sound like like what I would call garage. Um, yes, yeah, that, th- yeah, that sound, which I guess is what they're referring to as freak beat. It's a little bit like um, I'm Not Your Stepping Stone, this song reminds me a little bit of that, the, especially the verses at the start, and then the choruses get a bit more loud, and then at the end, the very it's got a, kind of got a double-time ending, where it kind of, uh, which is very much like uh, Stepping Stone. Uh, yeah, really like that one. It's prob- probably my favourite. Uh, the B-side, so the B-side to that one is Everybody's Worried About Tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, which is also good. Um, a bit more country, isn't it, really? Yeah, it it's, it's reminds me a little bit of um, Rolling Stones' It's All yes. Over Now or Rolling Stones' uh, This Could Be The Last Time. The riff at the start's a bit like This Could Be The Last Time, but then the song itself is, reminds me a bit more of, you know, I Used To Love Her But It's All Over Now, which is one of my favourite Rolling Stones songs. I know it's a, a cover, but... Uh, I think the uh, the tambourine on it is, is actually quite Stonesy as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Brian. and then the vocalist sounds like he's trying to impersonate Elvis Presley on that one. He, he, yeah, well, is, interesting, yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a big Elvis fan, so so I like that too. Uh, yeah, and then the, there, was, there was the third single. So which was the A-side of the third single then? Well, the, the third single initially was released with Rumble on Mersey, Mersey Square South as the A-side with Atmospheres on the B-side, but right. Atmospheres shouldn't have been on it. So that was then re-released with typical British workmanship uh, on the B-side. Okay. Atmosphere is... an interesting move, really. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about Rumble on Mersey Square South, because that's another great song. That's another one that's on this Psychedelic Snarl uh, comp. Um, and uh, much heavier-sounding guitars on that, I think. Um, yes. Very, very catchy. I like, I like the fact that lots of different sections in it, which is very pollardy, actually. Um, there's even whistling on it, which I know you are a big fan of. Um, yeah. the, vo- the vocals go into a higher key, don't they? Which I uh, suppose... yeah, there's some falsetto vocals near the end, which, uh, as, as we've discussed previously, episode. I'm not, I'm not really that keen on that. But I, I, I like. There's an instrumental section just before that, which where the band are really going for it, and uh, yeah, the, the playing's quite aggressive on, on, yeah. on this song. Uh, and it fits with the with the song really because it's all about there's you know the gang from the gasworks show show up uh, here they come see them run see it, it, they're talking about a big punch up in Mersey Square in Stockport right yeah it's a big punch up in Stockport uh, yeah. see the sticks see the stones see them run for cover some are small yeah. some are tall but it doesn't matter some will stand some will fall and some will stagger the leader yeah. falls with his hands over his face. Someone else is standing there to take his place, and there are bodies lying there to take his place, and they fight and they fight. Yes, well, it sounds sounds to me like a. I mean, you you follow a, a lower league team in QPR. Um, <laughs> presum- presumably, a QPR away day is very much like that at Stockport. Uh, not really, no, no, not really. Uh, okay. But uh, I imagine Friday night in Stockport can get a bit like that. Lots of punch-ups. Well, Friday afternoon's very nice in Stockport. I know that because, uh, well, I don't know if it's still the case, but it used to smell of Jaffa cakes because the uh, McVitie's factory just down the road. Yeah. Right, well, do they only make Jaffa cakes on Fridays then? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I think that might be the case, or well, certainly that's when you could smell it. 
So you're telling me that Atmospheres wasn't the single and was only on there by mistake. Because that's Correct. the best song out of these three. But by, by, no. by some distance, I really like Atmospheres. It's got yeah, a big too. old dirty fuzz guitar riff, a bit like the yeah. one in um, in uh, Save My Soul. Yeah. Um, the drumming's fantastic. The vocals are fantastic. It's a really good yeah. song. Uh, it, it's a it's a brilliant song, and and that is the third the third of these songs that is on that psychedelic Snarler comp. So I, I highly recommend that if you can find yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so but yes, no, it's, it's put on t- typical British workmanship, which is a bit of a novelty joke song, really, isn't it? It's it's terrible. I mean, yeah. it, it's I suppose it's 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 supposed to be like Steve Marriott, isn't it? But it turns out that Steve Marriott has has morphed into Benny Hill. Well, at the end, you mean with the uh, that hasn't dated very well in person. Not really. Japanese person. Yes. Yeah. The song is basically his dad complaining that about various things that are going wrong, <laughs> yeah. and he's rung the electricity board, he's rung the water board, and he's rung the gas board, and each one of them is saying, "No, you want to speak to the other." Um, yeah. But if then if you listen to the lyrics, he he says that his fridge, his phone, and his front doorbell don't work. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean. The electricity board said it isn't their place to fix it. Fair enough. But, I mean, there's no way he's got the gas board or anything to do with his fridge, his phone, or his his front doorbell is not run by gas. No. So why is he bothering the gas board? I mean, it's all very well to have a go. Oh, bloody hell. Typical British workmanship, they say, with a shrug of the shoulders. But there's no point blaming the gas board. The gas board have done nothing wrong here. There's water coming through the floor, he says, and his new car's not working. I mean, again... Is it gas-powered? I think it probably <laughs> isn't. So, um, you know, the, yeah. maybe the electricity board and the water board are at fault here, but I, I think the gas board get it in the neck mm. for no good reason. No, I think, I think you're right, and I think, I think it's an important takedown of this song, the, the, the fact that, that lyrically it, it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it's, it's mildly amusing. Uh, Is it? <laughs> well, I, I, for the first couple of listens, it, it did yeah. make me chug. I like the chorus. It's, right. it's, it's, it's quite um, sing-along chorus, but at the end bit with the um, talking about how everything's made in Japan these days is, um, yeah. yeah, that's just flat-out racist, isn't it? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. That. But, uh, I mean, the, but even if it was a good song and even if it didn't have a racist section to it, it still is miles behind the actual original B-side. Um, and yes. actually, Atmospheres, um, on the, um, in the little booklet that comes with the CD, um, I should say the CD is called Tales from the Sinking Ship, um, which, which features uh, singles, demos, acetates, and unused recordings from Just Four Men, 1964 to 1968, and Wimple Winch. Um, and in that little booklet, it says that the, the song Atmospheres actually was much, much longer uh, originally right. when it was recorded and and this is a very much a cut down version um that was put on the on the single unfortunately there's no there's no long version on the on the cd uh, but i wouldn't mind hearing that at some point if we can find it album you've got there yeah is is it's got these songs but it's also got songs by the previous band is it the bands they were yes before. yes it's, it's got songs from uh just four men the four just men do you know why they changed their name Yes, there was a, there's another band called, uh, funnily enough, called The Four Just Men. Yeah, so they changed the name to The Just Four. I mean, again, I, if, I, if that was me, and then there was another <laughs> band with the exact same name, I'd change it to something completely different. Yeah. Rather than just well, change the, the order the, of the words. The, I mean, it's interesting, because the, the, the Four Just Men uh, 
put out a few demos, uh, but no no major singles. Uh, sorry, three uh, and then two singles. Um, just four men, uh, three singles. Wimple Winch has had three singles, and then uh, then we get get into Pacific Drift, uh, which they started recording in 1970. A uh, couple of singles they put out, and then TriStar Airbus. You see, this is the problem with changing your name completely. You end up with TriStar Airbus, uh, who had a single out in 1972, uh, which was John Kelman, and then um, the the lead singer who you like, D. Christophilus, was in a band called Cheetah. He also uh, is, it, is it is on the original cast recording of Evita. You know, the Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Is he? Yes, yes, he's oh. he's one of the backing vocalists on on that on that. Oh well, there you go. So he's done, he's done all right, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a good voice. I like I like his, I like his voice a lot. So it's a bit yeah. difficult to, to sort of mark this because it's not an album, but but I think we've got to take the imagine that this was one side of your tape. So you've got seven songs on there. Yeah. Um, let, let's consider that as as a whole. Uh, for me, for me, there are obviously three standout songs, which we, we you know save my soul, rumble, and atmospheres, probably in in reverse order from that. Well, I saved myself maybe more than Rumble. Um, and only one that I really didn't like, which was the last one. So I, I think I have to give it quite a high score. I'm going to give it a seven. OK. Well, I, I, also, I really like three songs, but for, uh, two of them the same as yours, Save My Soul and Atmospheres, which are clearly the best two songs. But I also really like What's Been Done. Uh, um, the other ones, I really love you, Everybody's Worried Tomorrow uh, and Rumble on Mersey Square South are all fine. Uh, typical British workmanship's a bit stupid. Like, like it's, it's just a bit silly. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give it five and a half. Oh, okay, all right, well, very good. Yeah, uh, well, they've done. They've done okay. Now, now the next, the next, or the other side of the tape, then uh, originally on this Pollard list, it just says Keith West, right? And uh, and and Keith West recorded as as lots of different bands, which I'm sure you're going to tell us. But I just wanted to point out the fact that tomorrow which was one of the, his bands. In fact, the, the band that he was in at the time of these singles that are going to come out, we're going to look at, um, they feature on a later tape. Ah, oh, OK. So right. we'll perhaps save any comments about tomorrow for... Tomorrow. Tomorrow. For, for, for the future, <laughs> yeah. OK. Right, well, yeah, Keith West, his real name, Keith Hopkins. Uh, he was in various bands. Um, uh, then the first recordings he made were in a band, a London group called Four and One, or Four Plus One. Um, not related to Unit 4 Plus 2, uh, mm. but they, they had a single in 1965 on Parlophone, uh, Time, Time Is On My Side, um, as in the, 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 the song that was uh, the Rolling Stones did, um, was the A-side, and the B-side was a cover version of Don't Lie To Me by Chuck Berry, and then they changed their name to The In Crowd, at which point Steve Howe, uh, who the famous guitarist who was later on was in Yes, he joined... Uh, and the in crowd had three more singles out on Parlophone, also in 1965, one of them being the Otis Redding song, That's How Strong My Love Is, which the Rolling Stones also covered. And then uh, he, th he formed Tomorrow uh, with Steve Howe again, uh, and they released one album, uh, the, an eponymous album, in 1968. But yeah, that's the one that's on a future tape. Right, actually. OK. So meanwhile, both Tomorrow and Keith, as a solo artist, got involved in a, a big project called A Teenage Opera, uh, which was uh, the, 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 the idea of a guy called Mark Wirtz. This album uh, actually came out in 1996 on RPM Records, 
Uh, and this, uh, on the sleeve it said it was one of the legendary lost projects of the 60s. So this guy Mark Worst was the main man behind it and they started work on it in early 1967, working with Keith West and with Steve Howe uh, and, and with the band Tomorrow. And the, the, the most famous part of it, it, we'll come on to talk to in a minute, is, is called Excerpt from uh, a Teenage Opera, also sometimes known as Grocer Jack, which was an unexpected number two hit single in the UK. Um, mm. But eventually, in 1996, 23 tracks came out on this album, including Grocer Jack. Some other singles that had come out at the time, um, including one by Kippington, Kippington Lodge, which uh, had Nick Lowe's uh, early band. They have a single called Shy Boy. Uh, another singer called Steve Flynn, another guy called Zion de Gallier, uh, a band called The Sweet Shop, which included uh, Mark Wertz's wife, Rosalind Hanneman, astronaut Alan and the Planets, uh, which I think was basically Mark Wertz under another pseudonym, and then lots of instrumental sort of soundtracky tunes by Mark Wirtz and various inst instrumental demos. Um, there were three Keith West songs and two Tomorrow songs on that final um, sort of soundtrack album when it when it finally came out. Uh, so the first three songs on the Keith, the Keith West compilation we're going to talk about, Grocer Jack or Except from a Teenage Opera, On a Saturday and Sam were all on okay. that album. And Tomorrow had a couple of songs, Auntie Mary's Dress Shop, Colonel Brown... Um, yeah, I've been listening to that album, the whole of the Teenage Opera album, and I actually really like it because the instrumental stuff—it's a bit out there. But um, as you as you well know, Kicker, I, I like soundtracks, um, and mm. I like sort of Kish Kitch 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 library music. Um, you know, Keith Mansfield who wrote this theme from Grandstand and all that all that kind of stuff. I love Ennio mm. Morricone, and you know, it's all. You know, there's a song on there called The Sad Story of Simon and His Bugle um, and um, Cellophane Mary Jane and Paranoic Woodcutter Number 1 and Paranoic Woodcutter <laughs> Number 2. Um, yeah, I, I urge the listener to check out um, on, the, on the streaming service is a compilation called Climb Aboard My Roundabout, the British Toy Town Pop Sound 1967 to 1974, which has got... Um, Blossom Toes from our last podcast and Wimple Winch and also some songs um, by the Matchmakers and, uh, you know, various others from that uh, Teenage Opera. Um, yeah. So the other thing is that some of the tracks on this compilation, um, notably The Visit and West Country and Power and the Glory, Keith West eventually recorded an album uh, under his own name in 1974 and those three songs were re-recorded for that album. That album's called mm -hmm. Wherever My Love Goes. And it's very 1974. And it's very kind of Laurel Canyon um, right. influenced. Um, mm. uh, so so these those three songs are kind of early versions of songs that were later on released on another album. And, and in my opinion, these versions are better. Well, we should say actually that the, the album that we're referring to, so we're, we're going to look at, how many songs is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, nine tracks taken from a compilation called um, Excerpts from Keith West Groups and Sessions 1965 to 1974. And what we had done, we decided to do was just to look at the songs that are credited on that album to Keith West rather than any other uh, variant. Yeah. So should we start with the three songs from the, from the Teenage Opera? 
Yes. So did you? I mean, uh, I thought you'd probably know Grocer Jack, and did you? It rang a bell when I listened to it, particularly the Grocer Jack, Grocer Jack bit, which is. Uh, but I realised also I know that because there's a Half Man Half Biscuit where, as it's ending, there's I can't remember what the song is, but there's a song by Half Man Half Biscuit where, as it's ending, he starts singing Grocer Jack, Grocer Jack, get off your back or something like that. No, I, I don't really know it. Um, no. uh, it's a strange song, isn't it? Yeah. It's <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, Grocer Jack is, um, it says at the start that he's, um, his arms and legs don't work, um, <laughs> is, 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 count the days into years, he's 82, brings many fears, yesterday's laughter turned to tears, his arms and legs don't feel so strong, his heart is weak, there's something wrong. I think yeah. he dies, right? He dies. Oh, definitely yeah, dies. Yeah, he nobody dies. knows. Nobody, and, but the, the, the reaction from the community to his death is one of, well, where is he? Yeah, lazy, where's our, lazy. Where's, our, where's our food? Yeah. Yeah. Um, until the end, and then they, the, the children are dressed in black. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they, they say, well, he's never been known to Mrs. Round. It's 10 o'clock, the housewives yell. When Jack turns up, we'll give him hell. Husbands yeah. moan at breakfast tables. No milk, no eggs, no marmalade labels. Mothers send their children out to Jack's house to scream and shout. Yeah. And then the children's choir come in singing Grocer Jack, Grocer Jack, get off your back, come into town, don't let us down. Yeah. And then at the end is a funeral, I think, because yeah. they're all dressed in black. And the children yeah. are singing Grocer Jack, Grocer Jack, is it true what mummy say, you won't come back? Oh, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I, I, there's definitely a lot going on in the song. It's, it's, so on the choir, it's quite dark. Yes. Um, yeah. The, uh, it's, it's very catchy. Um if a little bit annoying. I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of your children's choir, to be honest. Um, but I can see why it was a hit. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's catchy. The, 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 there's an instrumental version of this on the on the Teenage Opera oh, right. album, and it's when you hear it without the singing on it, you realise, yeah, there's a lot going on instrumentally, and there's a lot of there's a lot of hooks in it. You know, a lot mm. of melodic hooks. Um, so you can kind of see why it, why it was a radio hit. John Peel was a big uh, big fan. In fact, Tomorrow, the band Tomorrow, did the first ever John Peel session, I, I found out. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the second song is called Sam, which is, seems to be about a guy called Sam who has a steam engine called Glory. He loves, he loves his steam engine. He does. He? Uh, he doesn't have a single possession, just affection for a steam machine. It's simply yeah. green. Her name is Glory. And then the railway company come along and they say, um, basically, um, your route is uneconomical. Um, so at the end of the month, Gloria is redundant. And, uh, yeah, so... You know. I mean, it's, it's quite similar, isn't it, in, in that there's, there's, you know, the same sort of orchestration on it. There's a, again, there's a, less, less perhaps less obvious, but there is, oh, sorry, less less dominating, but there is a kids' uh, chorus on it as well. Yes. Um this one was a flop, though. It's only made number thirty-eight, and and I suppose it is a lesser version, really. Of the, I, I like. The I actually prefer this. Um, I, I did. Yeah, yeah. I think it's tune-wise, it's is even better. The instrumental sections are great. The strings are fantastic throughout, and there's kind of like a mandoliny bit. Yeah, I, 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 I prefer Sam to to the other one. Uh, and then the third track, um, which is quite different, um, mm. uh, it doesn't have any children singing on it. And it's well, I didn't realise this was part of the opera. Actually. Yeah, it's basically just a straightforward pop song about meeting up with somebody on a Saturday. It's called On a Saturday, um, uh, and it's got a bit of a groove to it. It's just a really great little pop song. Reminds me a little bit of um, 
Donovan stuff, like There Is A Mountain and Sunshine Superman, and, mm. uh, uh, and a bit like, the chorus is a bit like King Midas in Reverse by The Hollies, which is my favourite Hollies song. I really mm. like that little piano break, a uh, very melodic, catchy little piano break that comes in after the chorus. Uh, and it's just a lovely little acoustic guitar-based song uh, yeah. about why should I be worried or hurried? I'm going to meet, presumably going to meet, uh, you know, his partner or uh, or loved one on a Saturday. It's, it's I, I really like that one. It's probably my well. Favorite. I, the, I think the piano at the end as well is really neat because it goes into a fade out. But there's a nice bit of instrumental instrumentation at the end. But yeah, I, I like that more than either of the first two certainly. Yeah. And, and I think, for me, it's because it, it doesn't have any orchestration, which I don't particularly like that sort of syrupy sound. Well, although it's it's from the musical, it could quite easily not be, couldn't it? You know, uh, yeah. the, um, it, it's just, it's a it's a standalone pop song by itself that works by itself without wh- whatever the hell the story is in that um, teenage opera thing. Uh, um, yeah, and then after that, we've got uh, The Kid Was a Killer, uh, and then the next, what, one, two, three, four, five songs. We've got three of them, which were later on this uh, on this other album. Uh, well, the, the Kid Was a Killer was, was the B-side to On a Saturday. Okay. Was On a Saturday, uh, so was, that, was that a hit, or was that also a bit of a... No. Yeah. No. No, so, so uh, Excerpt from a Teenage Opera came out in 67, followed by Sam also in 67. 68 on a Saturday with uh, The Kid Was a Killer on the B-side. It, it, that sounds different as well, because it's much, much, uh, much livelier. The vocals are higher pitched. It's a good guitar solo on that, I thought. I, li- I like that one, I have to say. Um, um, I, then, I, then you start to get into unreleased stuff. So that was the last one that was really released at the time. Oh, okay, right, right. Well, so th- then you've got The Visit, which starts with an epic drum fill, which is a bit like Kenny Jones from The Small Faces. Uh, it, some quite nice vocal harmonies and a birdsy um, guitar solo. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was fairly unremarkable. Um, well, uh, it, I thought it, it sounded sounded quite stonesy, like the like Rolling Stones without Mick Jagger, which for me is, is no bad thing, but... but Actually, the, the 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 people on it, the musicians on it, included again Steve Howe, as you, we've talked about, but Nicky Hopkins is on that, and Ronnie Wood, um, oh, yeah. right. and Ainsley Dunbar as well. Funny enough, so pretty good yeah. uh, session band. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, the next one's called She, uh, um, not a cover of the Charles Aznavour uh, one, uh, but. Um, I really like She. It starts with a piano part that reminds me a little bit of Eight Man by the Kinks. And then it's very Baroque pop, isn't it, with strings and, you know, it's a piano-led song, but it's a little bit jazzy. But it's a really good pop song. It reminds me of The Loving Spoonful or something like that and the main riff mm. that's played on acoustic guitar. And the strings are very catchy. Uh, so I really like that, but I suspect it's not your kind of thing. No, I didn't really like that one, but that, that is the same band again. Um, so those two, those two are the same, the same groups, the same session. Yeah, no, I, I mean it's just a bit o- over orchestrated for me. Yeah, the the jazzy kind of feel of it reminded me a little bit of um, Dusty Springfield, Spooky, or um, she's what's it called? She's not there, but the zombies. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and then after that, there's a, a little understanding. Uh, that one I do like particularly because I, I, I really like the the horns on that. It's much more soulful, I thought. Yeah, it's a bit sort of country soul, isn't it? So yeah. it, when he, in in the, in 1975, I can't remember the name of the band, but in 1975 he ended up in a band um, that with uh, called Moonrider, and they made one oh. eponymous album. 
Also in that band was um, future bass player with Elvis Costello and the Attractions, Bruce Thomas. And it's kind of like a country rock in, in, in you know, influenced by the band. Uh, it's a bit pub rock. And I think when you listen to A Little Understanding, uh, you can hear why he ended up making records with that pub rock crowd kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, and this was these 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 songs were never released uh, ah, prior yeah. to this this compilation. Um, okay. Well, not in this this form at least. So they they may well have been covered and, and re-recorded, but yeah, these, these are unreleased ones. And and from the same same session, uh, the power and the glory and West Country as well. Interestingly, uh, in the the notes from the the CD, um, the power and the glory apparently was written with Elvis Presley in mind. So they wrote it for him. Yeah, yeah, you can you can hear that a bit. It's a big piano ballad, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's got lots of vocal harmonies. Um, this and th- these last two songs were both re-recorded for that 1974 album, and I've listened to the versions on there. And as I say, I, I prefer these versions, but that's right. not to say I particularly love these versions either. Um, uh, and the West Country is kind of like an acoustic guitar song. There's not really any instruments until the very, very end where a bit of sort of tap piano comes in. Loads of vocal harmonies. Um, the West Country took us far away where the living's free and easy. In the West Country, we did meditate in the company of winter. Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, it's all right. It's all right. Well, that, that one, the West Country, I, I thought was, was kind of like a, an anglicised Crosby, Stills and Nash song. Well, yeah, that's interesting because because the the like I say the version that's recorded in '74 was yeah definitely sounds like um, the, the very Laurel Canyon influenced um, uh, as do all those songs on that 1974 album um, yeah yeah the vocal harmonies definitely on on both those songs uh, sound a bit uh, Crosby Stills Nash don't they both those yeah. last two songs yeah 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 but yeah. overall I mean. I I I I quite liked the three songs uh, from the from the opera, mm. uh, and I liked she, um, mm. but uh, the rest of it, yeah, uh, it, it's all right. But and I don't di- I don't massively dislike it. But um, mm. yeah, I've not I've not really got much more to say about it really. No, I I think uh, I I mean I. I knew excerpt from a teenage opera, uh, and it's it's fine, but I don't particularly need to hear it again. I I liked uh, the kid was a killer, and I liked the visit, um, and actually a little understanding. I would say I, I like, although it's a bit bit overlong that one, maybe, but uh, but generally I like those. Otherwise, yeah, it's fine. It, uh, there was nothing I didn't like. I mean, it, so it's kind of pretty throwaway, which I suppose it is because it's a lot of it was unreleased. Um, a lot of it wasn't deemed good enough, I guess. Um, yeah. But it was it was okay. It was all right. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't give it more than a sort of a four or a five, so I'll give it four and a half. I'm also giving it four and a half. Yeah, because like I say, there, it, 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 there was none of it I disliked. No. Um, but uh, if we, if I was given a mark to that teenage opera album, oh yeah, I, I would I would be it would be much higher. And uh, I actually, do you think I'd like that? Huh? Do you think I'd, I'd like? No, that? I'm not sure you would. I'm not no. sure you would. It's quite uh, musical based, you know. It's, it's, it's there's quite a lot of I don't like music. Musical. Uh, it's kind music's of overrated, like, isn't it? Really? <laughs> um, it's some of the music. It sounds a bit 1960s, but some of it sounds like it could be out of a you know a 40s or 50s film musical. Nice. Uh, so I, I really liked it, but I suspect you wouldn't. No, no, no. Well, I, I will not waste my time listening to that nonsense. Then, um, well, 
Good. Well, well done us. We've we've put together uh, an interesting tape here, which uh, we don't really know whether it bears any resemblance to the one that uh, Robert Pollard was listening to in 2001, but let's assume that it is. Um, I've got a question for you as well. But So the songs oh. with the children singing on it, Oh, is, right. is I mean, we've discussed before how you know certain things when they're on a record always improve the record, like hand claps, for example. Yes. Um, is is there do, do children singing on a record? Do, 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 does that have is that ever a good thing? Is it? Is no, that, that's always always a bad thing. Even one of my fa- all time favourite songs, which has a child on it, I could do without the child on it, uh, which is "Dear God" by XTC. I don't like the child on it. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. Yeah. I, um, I, I I came up with a couple that I like, uh, which have got children on it. Um, you know, Hefner, the the day that Thatcher dies, where the oh, yeah. children's chorus singing "Ding Dong the Witch, the Witch. is Dead." Yeah. Which it doesn't is, need to be children, does it? it? Doesn't need to be children. No, no, but it's it's cool that it is. Uh, and the only mm. other one I could think of where it's good uh, was "Bow Down by the House Martins, which is actually a song about. Um, you know, the unfair advantage people get from going to, uh, you know, expensive public schools. Uh, and so there, there's a, it's just a bit of ba-ba-ba-ba that goes on in it, but it's sung by, actually sung by the St. Winifred School Choir, who had the hit a few years before that with There's No One Quite Like Grandma. Um, so on that, because it's a song about schools, it does seem to fit that they've got a choir on there. Well, there's, yeah. there's, there's children's choir. Is there? Is it a choir on? There's certainly children on uh, Pink Floyd's "Another Brick in the Wall" part two, isn't there as well? Oh yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, yeah. That, that, but, well, I know you're a big, big Floyd well, there's, fan. There's, I mean, there's it, it's Christmas songs, isn't it? You know, stuff like "I Wish yeah. It Could Be Christmas Every Day" and yeah. "Happy Christmas War Is Over." It's no, almost no. compulsory to get children singing on on Christmas yeah, songs, but no. they but they're not. I don't really like those. Actually, I like. I wish it could be Christmas every day, but um, it, it doesn't. It does. It's it's not improved by having the children on it. <laughs> it probably would be better if it didn't have the children on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, let, let us know, listener, if if you're a big fan of, of children's choirs. Um, well, we're we're moving away from the sort of the orchestrated stuff but there is a we were saying that the west country sounds a little bit Crosby stills nash and all that and actually that's who we're going on to listen to on tape 29 uh we've got neil young's after the gold rush uh, paired up with crosby stills nash and young's deja vu which i, I think i've heard somewhere before Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s is a Trust the Wizards production. You can find out more at pollard60s.com and on Twitter at pollard60s. If you liked it, then please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You may also enjoy their other podcasts, which you can find at trustthewizards.com. Original music by the Malibu Storks. Kika Revelves and Chorizo Garbanzo are currently appearing in Waiting for Godot at the Mail Theatre in Leeds.